We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Podcast, Nick Whalen, back with Alex Barutha. Uh, Alex, we are putting out a couple episodes to, to kind of tide you over, over the Christmas holiday. Uh, you know, a little bit of weird timing this year with, with Christmas falling over the weekend. So we will be back uh, for the most part in full next week, but we wanted to, to get a couple uh, episodes out there if you're traveling this weekend, although in our part of the country, I, I hope nobody is. I, I've heard flights have been a disaster uh, we got like a Arctic vortex moving through the next few days. It's supposed to be like negative six where I am uh, on Friday. So super, super looking forward to that. But uh, I, I want to talk about the Christmas day slate, Alex, and then we'll get into uh, kind of surveying the futures market. Something we like to do once or twice a month, see how the numbers are changing uh, see where there might be some opportunities to make some money. But uh, let's look at Christmas day. We got five games on the slate this year as usual. And as always, it feels like there's always one or two games that end up being marred by injuries. Uh, no Anthony Davis, of course, for the Lakers when they'll play at Dallas. Uh, we got some injuries that we're, we're monitoring for the Milwaukee Bucks, mainly Chris Middleton. We'll see if he plays against Boston. Grizzlies-Warriors, we don't even have a line on this game, uh, presumably because of uh, how many factors uh, there are for the Golden State Warriors. Steph Curry, we, we know he won't play. Andrew Wiggins, we'll see. He hasn't played in a few games. Um, you know, Dante DiVincenzo's missed time of late. Warriors... Uh, they they kind of have their own things going on. But uh, of the five Christmas Day games, Alex, uh, w- which game are you going to make a point to watch over the others? Well, putting aside my my obvious bias as a, a Bucks fan, um, I think I'd be most interested in 76ers Knicks or, or Suns Nuggets. Um, just, okay. you know, the Lakers without AD. I, I just, I don't care as much. And 76ers Knicks is going to be interesting because the Knicks have been playing really well lately. Um, the 76ers are mostly healthy, you know, they're still waiting on Maxi, but, um, I'm really interested to see the sort of revamped Knicks defense go up against the 76ers and how they try to handle, 
um, you know, Tom Thibodeau's ideas for handling those guys. And then as far as Suns Nuggets, um, you know, hopefully we can get everybody relatively healthy for that game, but that's just a straight up great matchup. Uh, I mean, yeah. you just, it's incredible matchup. So I, that's, that's about as simple as I can get with that. Uh, no, I'm with you. I, I think, uh, so Sixers Knicks is at noon central time. That's the first game. It feels like the Knicks are always playing that first game for whatever reason on Christmas. Uh, that will be going directly up against Dolphins Packers, I believe, mm. uh, in Wisconsin. So thankfully the NBA threw us a bone. You know, Dolphins Packers will finish up at like four, and then we'll have a nice little hour break to to regroup. Uh, you know, kind of reconnect with some family members before I then like return to the side room with my iPad and 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 the secondary TV going uh, to watch Bucks Celtics. So uh, we do have NFL games that will be competing with these NBA games. Uh, Sixers two point favorites on the road against the Knicks. That's fine to me. I mean, it, it's kind of hard to offer any in-depth analysis when we're, we're not sure what the injury situations will be. Like you said, not expecting Tyrese Maxey to be available for this game. It's kind of a, a wait and see situation with him. We, we got the dreaded uh, out a couple more weeks update not too long ago. Uh, he kind of seems like he's in the same situation as Desmond Bain, two guys. I am just like desperately needing back for multiple fantasy teams. Yeah. Yeah. The injuries, um, but I mean, it's good that both of these teams are both of the teams are doing well, despite like these guys missing time. Um, you know, the Suns. I think the Suns are they're a really weird team to read, right? Booker Booker misses time here and there. Obviously, Paul has been out or was out for a significant stretch. And the DeAndre Ayton situation is sort of feels unresolved, but he's playing fine. I haven't really heard any buzz, so to speak, about oh, Ayton's really unhappy still. Uh, but they're 19 and 13 despite all this. So um, it's pretty impressive, honestly. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And um, Knicks have been playing really well of late. I still don't really know quite how much to buy in uh, on that whole situation. Right. But, uh, you know, be- beating the Warriors by 38, that's all, that's all well and good, even if Steph Curry's not playing. Um, but they, they've they've got things turned around to the point where it at least feels like Tibbs' job uh, is not a daily conversation, which – um, you know, he made a few semi-dramatic uh, moves you know, with that rotation. I mean, doing the unthinkable and, and you know, kind of taking Derrick Rose out of the nightly rotation. Uh, turns out that's actually been to the Knicks' benefit. Um, but, yeah, that, that'll be a fun game to watch. I mean, I'm with you on Lakers-Mavs. Uh, just the Lakers were, were bordering on fun to watch for a while there with Anthony Davis. I, I honestly think Anthony Davis was playing maybe the best basketball of his career, and I'm including his peak years with the Pelicans. Um, I mean, he was – dominant that was the best Anthony Davis has looked easily since the NBA bubble and I think when you consider that he's essentially accepted the fact that he's just not a good shooter anymore like how dominant he's become like that that was for a three-week stretch we got the Anthony Davis that everybody has been wanting to see for the last decade and then of course you know the injury happens and we have no idea how much time he's gonna miss Lakers seven point dogs at Dallas in this game you know, again, hard, hard to offer a, a big time take here. I, I think LeBron, you know, always makes a point to show up on Christmas Day, but this is a this is a very far cry from those like insane 2016, 2017, 2018 Warriors Cavs Christmas Day matchups, where to me it always felt like those games actually meant something. Like the team that won that game, it felt like kind of had the upper hand for what you knew would be a finals rematch. I, I just it's hard for me to get excited about this Lakers team uh, against essentially a one man Mavericks team. LeBron versus Luca is still going to be fun. Yeah, I, I think that's always fun. That's a um, it's it's 
I think LeBron sort of gets up. I think both players get up for that matchup because they sort of understand the significance of going up against each other. But yeah, these are two teams that have been pretty underwhelming, obviously. Even the Mavericks are. I mean, the Mavericks are under 500 right now. They're 15 and 16. And so we're sort of two teams that are really pushing the limits of like what one man can accomplish. And um, it'll be a fun game just because of those two. But I, there are very few actual stakes involved. And both teams are not 100%. So that makes it that makes it less. Uh, that That's a game I feel like, you know, you're mentioning you've run off into the side room. I can't really. Uh, that's a game I, I don't feel good about running off to the separate room and like not spending time with my family to watch. Yeah. I'm like, ah, I probably don't have to. I really don't really have to see this. That's where I pull out the it's for work, mom. Okay, <laughs> God, leave me alone. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's nice to have that in your back pocket when you need it. it it's funny. It's like my my fiance's family is like way more. Uh, I, I wouldn't say respectful of it, but like they're 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 always going out of their way. Like, do you need to watch this? Do you need to watch this? I'm like, and sometimes I'm like, you know what? Yeah, I do. You know, I'll, I'll take you up on that <laughs> offer. Whereas like my my parents are just like much more skeptical. They're like, no, you know, you could you could put your phone down for for 20 minutes and have dinner. And like, I don't know if I can, mom. That's a lot to ask. Uh, Bucks Celtics. That's the headliner. I, I think whether or not you're your Bucks fans, you're living in Wisconsin like we are or not. Uh, we, we've seen this. Uh, you know, I mean, these two teams have been at the top of the East all season. Uh, you know, Boston is kind of hit the skids of late. I mean, in the month of December, Boston is 29th in offense. I was shocked to see that while I was researching yeah. uh, for the DK show earlier this morning. That did that that caught me off guard. Obviously, they've taken a step back since their ridiculously hot start, but I didn't think it was that big of a step. Uh, got tripped up at the end of that Western Conference road trip. You know, got lucky, kind of beating a Lakers team that uh, did everything it could to, to give away that game. But overall, I don't. I certainly don't feel any worse about the Boston Celtics. I, I think if you really dug into the shooting numbers for their role players, especially, I think we always knew that the things were going to be coming down at some point. I mean, they, they had like five guys shooting 40 plus percent from three. Yeah, that was definitely going to come down, but like you mentioned, it's just, it sort of is, it sneaks up on you. They have the worst point differential of the past two weeks of any team in the NBA, non garbage time. Like they're minus 8.2. It's below everybody. New York is plus 17.6 as a, <laughs> On the other side of the equation, which is pretty bizarre. I um, you know, I think some some of it maybe you can attribute to trying to get Robert Williams um into the group again. But this is I so Celtics are are four point favorites here at home, which I actually think is fine. I wouldn't mind taking that because we don't really know about the status of Chris Middleton. Um, so if if you made me take a line right now, I think I would actually take Celtics because I think. Mm-hmm. being on that long road trip team sort of break down, but they're home for this Christmas game. I think that's, that's pretty big for them, but this is turning into like a legit rivalry Bucks Celtics. Yeah. Um, you know, whenever I, I'm sure like whenever Celtics fans see the Bucks on the schedule, they feel the same way when the Bucks see the Celtics on the schedule, like these guys again, like, Oh, we got to beat this team. So I think that's a really, it's, it's turning into a, an awesome rivalry. Should the Bucks make a point to like try to claim last year's title? Like, you know, like teams used to do that in college football before the college football playoff when there was like a vote and teams would be like, no, we won the title and we're just going to, we're hanging the banner anyway. <laughs> like, I think Auburn did that once, like in, in the mid two thousands, they got left out of the BCS championship game, uh, despite going undefeated. And they're like, no, if anybody asks, we, we're counting this title. Like right. I, 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 re- I remain convinced that Milwaukee at least makes the finals and, and probably wins the finals. If Chris Middleton doesn't go down against Chicago. I mean, I, I think Boston fans would push back on that. And obviously the Celtics played really well. The rest of the playoffs, they were they were a deserving representative from the East. But 
I, I can't help but shake the belief that Milwaukee should be going for a three-peat. And that would that would be a major storyline. You know, I, I do feel yeah. like in some ways Middleton's injury kind of, you know, it, it certainly vaulted Boston up a level because this time last year, Boston was like a sub-500 team that we were wondering if, if maybe they needed to break up Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. And now that seems insane. Uh, but I, I think Milwaukee going for a three-peat would have been a, a really compelling story. And, it you know, obviously the, the injury just wiped that away. Yeah, it did. And the Celtics, too. I mean, they talk about that Heat series. The Heat were like, they were the hospital Heat, and the Celtics could yeah. barely close them out. The Rotowire NBA pod is brought to you by Pickett. Pickett is a social bet tracking app that takes all the hassle out of tracking your bets and your betting performance over time. Pickett connects to all of the major U.S. sports books like DraftKings and FanDuel and others, uh, as well as all the major DFS pick'em providers such as Prize Picks, Underdog Fantasy, and Thrive. Once you hook up all your sports books, Pickett does the heavy lifting from there to slice and dice your betting data. You'll get detailed historical PL, you'll get graphs, unique breakdowns by team, sport, player, bet type, etc. Uh, you get the gist. You can also line shop for the best odds across your link sports books to make sure that whatever you're betting, you are getting the most bang for your buck. When your bets are live, you could track the scores and stats of all the games you bet on, as well as get player prop updates from most major player prop markets. That means no more switching between your sportsbook app and different score apps. Uh, I, I usually use ESPN, so if I, you know, if I if I have Prize Picks going or you know a DraftKings lineup, I'm I'm always shuffling between apps, closing one out, not realizing that I closed it out. Uh, so getting all those notifications in one spot via the Picket app is huge. I actually love that idea. I think that's my favorite feature about this app. Again, no more opening, reopening, closing, NBA box scores every five minutes. It's all right there in the Pickett app. By far, the biggest differentiator, however, is that Pickett syncs your betting history and all your bets from all legal major sports books. So there is no manual entry required to track your bets. Again, no manual entry. It links directly to the sports books. You don't have to you know, double type everything down and keep it like a little notebook. It automatically logs everything for you. Once you have those accounts linked, it's pretty much effortless from there. The social feed, the community is what turns Picket from just a bet tracking app to a home for betting. When you can learn from others, you can tail people, you can go against people, you can see what others are doing. You can find verified content to inform your betting decisions. Visit Picket.com. That's P-I-K-K-I-T.com to download the Picket app today. Again, that's Picket. P-I-K-K-I-T. Let's turn our attention to the futures market. I think that's a little bit more interesting, a little bit more actionable, um, you know, especially if maybe, maybe you're traveling to a state where uh, you, know, you can play some wagers over the Christmas holiday. Uh, we, we haven't had a ton of movement on the NBA title front. You know, like the Lakers, or excuse me, the Lakers, the Clippers uh, have basically been locked in at eight to one or in that general range at most markets. Same with the Warriors. They're nine to one at DraftKings. Uh, you know, the Nets are nine to one right now. Suns 10 to one. You got the Bucks and the Celtics up near the top. It, it, to me, those aren't really that intriguing. We, we kind of know the deal with those teams. We, we've talked about that to death, but the really interesting teams and the, and the ones that seem to move a, a little bit week to week are kind of that Grizzlies through Cavaliers range. Those teams are all, you know, 15 to 22 to one Grizzlies, Nuggets, Sixers, Pelicans, Cavs. Um, to me, that's kind of where it ends. Like the Heat are 35 to one right now. And I, I, on paper, I think that's a pretty good value. But to me, Miami needs to make a move to become a title contender, to have a real chance to knock off Boston or Milwaukee. And I, I don't know what that move is. So 
is, is there any case for, for any of those teams beyond uh, the Pels and the Cavs at 22 to one? Beyond the Pels and the Cavs. I, I mean, I kind of, I kind of like the Blazers. I, I don't, I don't think that they are, I don't think they're real contenders. I kind of just like the number and I think they're a really solid team. I'm not saying I would necessarily bet it, but 55 to one feels pretty accurate at least. Um, I know some people, some people are probably going to say the Raptors. And I think that only makes sense if you think they're going to make a move. I know they've been pretty injured and that's partially what's read to their 13 and 18 record. If you think they're going to try to make a big push uh, to to win, you know, obviously they're well coached. Anything is possible, 65 to one. But I think there's an equal chance that maybe they start, they, they either stand pat or sell off. Um, no, I don't, to be honest, I just, I don't really like anybody beyond the Cavs. I, mm-hmm. um, you mentioned the Heat, they're fine. Like 35 to one. I don't really imagine their odds going too far below that. So that's all right. But to me, this feels like a, to me, this feels like a last chance to sort of get the Pels and the Cavaliers. Um, I think both those teams are just really, really good and have a legitimate chance of getting to the NBA finals. I think you're right that those numbers don't go higher. Although I, I don't know that they'll move a, uh, you know much lower either, just because you know you can't have you can't have like 12 teams that are all 15 to one or lower. <laughs> right. You know, like so like they can only they can only go so low. Like I, I can't, you know, barring major injuries, it's like, they're not going to jump ahead of teams like the Suns or the Grizzlies or the Warriors or the Nets. So uh, I, I still think you're going to be able to get teams like new Orleans and Cleveland at around 20 to one uh, for the next several weeks, if not months, if you want to do that. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting. I, I think Philly at 20 to one is still pretty intriguing. I mean, they've, like we said, we, we really haven't seen their full team for more than a couple weeks at the beginning of the year. And it didn't look great, but Suddenly Embiid, you know, is playing much better. Uh, the Embiid Harden tandem has looked really good the last couple of weeks. Once Maxi comes back, uh, I think they're going to be a team that that's going to be really dangerous. Um, you know, with Miami, like I said, at thirty-five to one, like they have given us really no reason to believe that this is a title contender so far. But much like Toronto, like they are one of the few front offices that you like. I want to see the trade deadline pass. You know, if the if the deadline passes and they don't do anything, I'm not betting them. I, I think they're they're maybe not a cross off, but they're close to a title cross off. But they're they are one of those teams that you you always know they're they're working something behind the scenes. So like it wouldn't shock me if Miami has some sort of move up its sleeve. Yeah, I agree. They're they're aggressive, and you know part of it too with the Heat. And I don't think people bake this in, but they're really experienced. Ton of veterans on the team. In some ways that hurts them. In some ways that harms them. Right. All these guys are just breaking down. They're barely playing. Jimmy Butler is like lucky if he plays 55 games. We saw what happened to them in the playoffs last year with the injuries. On the other hand, you know, Spolstra is one of the best coaches of the NBA. He's got to be top five. And um, so I, I understand why people might still have, have faith in the heat. They're just not, not really one of my favorite bets on the board. Speaking of your favorite bets on the board, uh, I want to return to the, the piece that we posted. I think it was on opening night or right before opening night back in October, uh, we each had a thousand hypothetical dollars to spend on futures bets and a few years are looking pretty good. Uh, I'll say that, uh, yeah, Jason Tatum MVP. Uh, he, he was 12 to one at the time. Uh, Jason Tatum is of course, uh, you know, much lower in the odds right now. He's kind of in that, uh, you know, elite group uh, along with Giannis and and Luka Doncic and and Nikola Jokic as potential 
MVP winners. He, he has the shortest odds at DraftKings at plus 260. So you got to feel pretty good about that. Um, what about Malcolm Brogdon, six man of the year? You, you had that one at 11 to one. And you know, I, I'm trying to pull up the odds here. I, I think, I feel like Russell Westbrook has been, for whatever reason, yeah. the favorite for this award. I don't understand that. I don't think anybody's going to vote for him. He is, he's plus 130 right now. That is insane. Uh, pool at three to one, you know, especially if Curry misses four to five weeks, I, I think Pool's going to have a chance to really put up some numbers here, but uh, Brogdon at four to one, I, I, I still think that's my favorite bet. Yeah. I, when I wrote the piece, he was 1100. And so he's obviously the odds are shorter now at, yep. at, at depending on where you look, you can get him as long as plus four twenty. Yeah. Westbrook. I don't really buy that. The Anthony Davis injury might make the Lakers too bad. Like I don't, I would have to look back on this, do more research. The, has there, you know, has there ever been a six man of the year that was on a losing team? I doubt it. Uh, so I, to me, that pretty much pulls Westbrook out of contention. I think the Warriors are going to be awful without Curry. Like you mentioned. So I think pools out of contention and then that brings Brogdon. Um, you know, Brogdon's been fine. The, the Celtics are, if, as long as they continue winning and are a top three seed, I think he has probably the strongest case, even if they aren't a top three seed. Again, his numbers aren't that sexy, right? He's 14 points, four rebounds, four assists, but he's shooting really efficiently, 46% from three. I just don't really see, like, if you look farther down the list, it's, it's Matherin. I don't think Christian Wood's going to win it. I think, I think the, the, the Mavericks aren't good enough. Malik Monk, he's, he's also maybe he's also just not good. You know, I'm I'm vaguely interested in like Malik Monk slash Bobby Portis. <laughs> I think if I was going long shots, Dude, like if Portis you have to like thirty to one, thirty two to one, Bobby Portis. I like that. Yeah, if you're talking long shots, I like both those guys and even Bones Highland at eighty to one. That's not bad to me. I like I liked Norman Powell a little bit before the year, but he's just yeah. not that guy right now. But um, yeah, so those to me stand out. So you made a great point, and I, I had never really thought of this, but I'm looking at the list of former six man of the year award winners, and you're totally right. Like every single one of these guys was on a good team, like for sure a playoff team. And yeah. you know, you don't you don't think of like Lou Williams as like a notable winner or Eric Gordon, but like when those guys were winning it, like the Clippers were a threat. And you know, when Eric Gordon won it as a member of the Rockets, that was like during the James Harden era where it felt like they were a top three seed every year. So you're you're right. It, it usually does go to a contributor on a good team. It's not one of those awards where it's just all about the numbers. Uh, so that, that I think is a good way to, to weed out some of these players. Like there's really no precedent for this going to a, to a team where, where a guy that's just obviously stat chasing off the bench. So, I, I mean, the question is maybe depending on what happens with golden state, like you, you might have to drop Jordan pool from consideration and, and even like Russell Westbrook. I mean, I, I don't, I don't see the Lakers winning more than like mid forties, tops and unless Russell Westbrook has a massive hand in some second half resurgence for the Lakers it, it makes no sense to me why he is at the top of this list here so yeah I think you're in good shape with Brogdon and I think you're spot on with with Bobby Portis who like sometimes it, it takes you have to have like the personality of a six man and I, I think right. Bobby Portis it embodies that perfectly you know and like it, it's Lou Williams I think is the poster child for that and he like became synonymous with the six man award. And if there was nobody else to take it, it'd be like, well, I guess we'll just give it to him. He's the six man. And I think Bobby Portis is kind of on his way to, to doing that same thing. Yep. And I think if you're making a bet on Brogdon, I mean, the guy is just never healthy, right? That's yeah. the, that's the main concern. You want to bet on Brogdon. He's just always hurt. So I think if you're going to do that, I think you probably, it probably makes sense for you to make a backup bet or two. And yeah. Portis is that perfect guy. Just make a backup bet on, on Portis. Yeah. I, I would hedge by just like betting 
$5,000 on the Lakers under. And then, you know, <laughs> then you know you're, you're winning one of those. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Vacation starts with VA. One thing you'll love about your trip to Virginia is that you'll never have to settle for one thing. All that you love is all in one trip. Start yours at virginia.org. Um, I, I had the Lakers under 45 and a half wins. Congratulations. I, I feel pretty good about that. Uh, you know, we'll see. You know, once AD gets back, you know, we'll, we'll see what they get out of Austin Reeves. Uh, but no, that, that one felt good at the time. It, it feels better now. Hornets under 33 and a half. Um, yeah. Both both of these were at minus money, so it's not like I was going out on some crazy limb here. I had that one at minus one fifteen over at points bet. Um, feel pretty good about that. I, I think you know Lamelo being hurt basically flushed any chances of the Hornets, you know, like trying to do something with this season. I think it made it a little bit easier to potentially take some steps to to enter the Wembenyama sweepstakes over the second half of the year. Uh, you you have a couple win total overs. All three of yours actually look pretty good. You had the Nuggets over fifty and a half. The Pelicans over 44 and a half and the Cavaliers over 46 and a half. I think all three of those look like they're on their way to being winners. I think so. Yeah. The, um, where are the nuggets at right now? Uh, they're they're 19 and 11. Yeah. 19 and 11. Yeah. Uh, that one might get close. I, they might, they might end up being a high forties team, but yeah, the other two should, should hit. I, um, yeah, the, the nuggets won. I, to me, it was just like they they won forty eight last year. <laughs> Jamal Murray didn't play. Michael Porter played nine games. Now Michael Porter's barely going to play this year. Um, but that was sort of the logic there. I was like, I don't know how they get worse. And I just liked the Pelicans and the Cavs. Like clearly, um, I just thought they had a ton of talent. Both of these teams, the 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 Cleveland one especially was confusing. Like I remember being a little more nervous about the Pelicans one because they only won thirty six games last year. And so it's a, it's a pretty big jump, but the Cavaliers won, like you mentioned, it was 46 and a half. They won 44 games last year. They Jared Allen missed like 20 games mm-hmm. and they replaced Lori marketing with Donovan Mitchell. I, I like, how do you not win two more, three more games? So that one, that one to me was almost just like confusing. Yeah, you're right. And I, I was guilty of kind of underrating the Mitchell impact. I definitely did not think we'd be talking about him as kind of this dark horse MVP level uh, player at this point in the season. I mean, it's been as perfect of a fit as possible. And and that's a big part of the reason the Cavs are 21 and 11. I mean, they're they're on pace for, for easily a 50-win season. 
Denver's on pace for about 52. So yeah, I mean, we, we can't lock that one up by any means yet. Um, you know, fairly high number for Denver at, at 50 and a half. Uh, but I think with the Pelicans, especially you're, you're in very good shape there. Uh, they're on pace to clear that by like seven wins. And that's with Brandon Ingram having not played a single game in almost a month at this point. And, you know, it, it, they just, they just said today uh, that Brandon Ingram will, will miss at least two more games. So, you know, that rules him out through Christmas. Um, I, I, at this point, I, I think it's very possible that we don't see him again really until January. So I think with new Orleans, it's like, they're in some ways fortunate to be 18 and 12, be third in the Western conference. But I also feel like they have a level to go up. Like you, you mentioned on the pod last week, CJ McCollum has not been anywhere near his normal level in terms of efficiency. You know, even early on, like Zion's been awesome the last two or three weeks. He wasn't great early in the season, the Ingram injury on top of that. So it, it feels like new Orleans is the type of team. I, I think that could be even better over the second half of the year. I agree. Yeah. They, uh, they have room to grow. Yeah. Um, let's look at, eh, let's, let's go to most approved player odds. I, I love looking at these, um, yeah. SGA still the favorite rightfully. So, uh, he's, he's now minus minus one seventy five at DK FanDuel, bet MGM and points bet. Uh, to me, that's totally fair. I mean, hit the game winner the other night. He just, every time he plays, it feels like it's like a guaranteed 30 to 35 points. He's been insane. And it's kind of crazy that he's that heavy of a favorite because in a lot of years, Tyrese Halliburton would be running away with this award. And in a lot of other years, Laurie marketing would be running yeah. away with this award after nine threes last night. Uh, both those guys are at 40 to one that uh, this is certainly not sewn up uh, of course, because of the possibility that SGA could miss time down the stretch, but uh, three really, really strong candidates. And then a whole you know basket of, of players with longer odds who, you know, in most years would be in the mix. Yeah, I mean, when I when I wrote the article that we were talking about before the year, my pick was Jalen Brunson, who at the time was twenty five to one, and I still think my logic was fine there. But he's he's now one hundred to one, he, so that's not. And he's having work a great out. year. He is having a great year, and the Knicks are apparently uh, they're turning it around. So, um, but yeah, there's decent candidates this year. But those three that you mentioned, like those are the guys. And I think if you wanted to make a longer shot bet, like if you're like, let's say you don't like the SGA bet for whatever reason, or you just want you, you want to be a little contrarian. Um, would you prefer Halliburton or Markkinen for the award? Hmm. I, if I had to bet on one or the other, like if we're saying like SGA is going to get hurt in a week, who would you rather bet? Yeah, that's really, that's really, really tough, man. I think, I think I would bet Markkinen because I think there's been a bigger jump. I think for people who've been paying attention, we knew Tyrese Halliburton was good. Like everything he's doing this year is really not that surprising. Everything Laurie Markkinen is doing is very surprising to me. I think that's a good case. Like he, we saw Halliburton last year, he got traded to the Pacers at the deadline and was doing this. He was averaging 20, 10 and two on efficient shooting. And he had a lot of those nights in Sacramento. I think he has gotten better. Yes. Yeah. And also the jazz are the more surprising team. Like marketing himself is really surprising and the jazz are more surprising. Right. So I'm with you on that. And you can get them at, depending on what book you look at, you can get them at six to one or 60 to one. Sorry. Um, or sorry, is this six to one? Six, six, to, six one. to one. Yeah. It's like, what, um, what book is this? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that book's going out of business. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I agree with you. I think that's the option. And to be honest, like yeah. anyone else down the list, I got one name I, for you. Bull Bull. Uh, well, so he's, he's the guy he's 22 to one at DraftKings. He's 30 to one at points, but, uh, 
he's he's one of those guys that I, I kind of was alluding to. Of like in in other years, he would probably finish second for this award. There are some years where maybe he would win it. Um, I, I wouldn't bet it though. I I think he I think there's just too much variance. Like I want to see when Wendell Carter comes back later this week. You know what Bulls' uh, role is going to be with so many big men on that roster. I was going to say Zion Williamson. You could get sure. him at 110 to one at FanDuel. Like. I, I think Zion should be like 25 to one because he's Zion and because everybody loves Zion and they, you know, the league wants to promote Zion. Uh, I think, you know, he's like way up there in terms of like awareness among casual fans. And I know this is not a fan vote for most approved player, but I, I think Zion's going to have a case. And I, I think the case against him, of course, is that in terms of like raw numbers, he's like, he's scoring like two fewer points per game than he was two seasons ago. Um, basically doing the same from like field goal percentage wise and all that. But I think he'll get a lot of the credit if the Pelicans get the two seed in the Western conference. And I think people will start to say like, Oh, he's actually, he's been so much better as a passer. He's been so much better and more engaged on defense. So I think it ends up kind of being like a combination of most approved and comeback player of the year. And again, everybody loves Zion. He's a bigger name than SGA. He's a bigger name than Halliburton and Markinen. So uh, should he win it? No. Is he going to win it? Probably not, but would I bet it at 110 to one? Yes, of course I would. Yeah, that one's interesting. I mean, I think like his last 11 games, he's 29 points on 63% shooting, eight boards, six assists, and the defensive numbers too, which we've been really kind of harping on him for. Um, 1.5 steals, one block. That's really nice. Yep. I uh, I think he should be above a lot of other guys on this list. I don't know why he's below Desmond Bain, for example, who's going to end up missing like half the year now. Um, I And... Like, who is voting for Killian Hayes above Zion Williamson? That's just not a thing. Right. And, you know, I mentioned Bull Bull. I should say that Bull, he's seen, Bull Bull is seeing his minutes and his production come down quite a bit lately. Um, but I think he belongs. I think Zion belongs in, like, that Anthony Simons Bull Bull zone. Simons is 22 to 1. Bull Bull is 30 to 1. I think Zion should be closer to there, even though, again, like, to some extent, we've seen Zion do this. And... Ingram's going to come back and who knows after that, but um, obviously he's a huge part of their success. I mean, I think Zion, yeah. um, he might get some fringe votes in both this and MVP, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, I agree. 110 to one is, those are too long of odds. Yeah. And he also fits the profile. You know, we've been over that so many times on this pod of the guys who win it. It's guys who are going from star to superstar, you know, and maybe SGA is making that leap too. And maybe Halliburton is as well. And maybe, maybe Laurie Markkinen is becoming a superstar, but I think Zion, when you look at the other guys who uh, tend to win this award, he, he absolutely fits the bill. So I, I think you said it right. He should be, he should probably be where, De- where Desmond Bain is. He should be 50 to one, not, not more than double that. Um, all right. We got time for maybe one more future. Do you, do you want to jump into coach of the year uh any of the other player awards you know eastern western conference i mean dare we dip our toe into divisional odds um anything (laughs) jump out to you um nothing nothing necessarily stands out a ton do you think do you think mvp is interesting or is that is that too much of a wait and see for you or is that what makes it interesting uh i mean we, we could talk about it, it it's, it's obviously it's a popular award um we actually just kind of you know revamped our our mvp odds page on rotowire so make sure you check that out um you know we, our, our seo team has done a really good job kind of building out that whole uh that whole page and you know you could compare and, and kind of line shop between DraftKings, FanDuel, BetMGM, and points bet to me it's the mvp is kind of like the title odds in some ways where it's just you, you just kind of need to wait and see, you know, it's like what, 
one of these guys is likely to miss 10 to 15 games at some point and kind of just drop himself out of the race. Um, and like with like Tatum and Giannis, it's like, what else do you say? It's like, these guys are awesome. Would I bet them at plus 260, plus 270? It's like, yeah, maybe, but I, I don't feel so strongly about one or the other. And you're not getting a ton of value there to the point where I really think it's worth it. Um, but I, I will ask you the question, like we've kind of just assumed that when you win the MVP twice, you, you can't win in a third year. Is Jokic making you kind of think twice about that? So my concern, which I brought up before, is that I don't think they're, they might not win 50 games. And I think that is a basically requirement for Jokic at this point. And I don't want to say that he's not deserving of enough, another MVP. Somehow I still think he's one of the most underrated players in the NBA. Um, like the numbers are absurd now. You know, I mean, they they have been absurd for a while, but 25 points a game on 15 shots, absurd. 11 boards, two of which are offensive. Offensive boards, really valuable, honestly. And nine assists to three and a half turnovers. He's still getting a, a steal and a half. Like, it's just like, you don't see these kinds of numbers except from guys like LeBron. And, um, you know, I don't even know if LeBron had a season this efficient. I mean, the advanced numbers say Jokic. Like the advanced number, like he leads the NBA in VORP. He leads in box plus minus. He leads in win shares. Yeah. He leads in win shares per 48. It's like every PER, every advanced number points to Jokic. I just don't think he's going to wing it unless the Nuggets suddenly become like a 59-win team, which they aren't on that pace. Yeah. So their 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 live total or their updated total is 50 and a half, which is exactly what it was coming into the year. I guess the question is, I mean, they're number one in the West. So does it matter? Is it about the win total or is it about where they finish? Like if 51 wins is enough to get you the number one seed. Is that enough? Or do they have to, ha- you, are you saying that the, the, the nuggets and Jokic need to have this like exceptional season where they're head and shoulders above everyone else to, to kind of break the tie? Because I, I do think you're probably correct about that. Yeah. I mean, this is sort of what I think guys get into like anytime someone wins back-to-back MVPs, their, their follow-up season, people want to see another leap. Like they want to see you go. Obviously you're a superstar. If you win two in a row, they want to see you become like <laughs> you have to basically put up the best season of all time or like one of the best seasons of all time without question to uh, get there. And I think it also has to come with one of the best win totals of all time or close to. And uh, because if you look at the list of guys historically who have won three MVPs, these are guys who we all consider to be the great, like some of the greatest players of all time. And of course, like guys like, like guys like Jokic and Giannis and LeBron, uh, like all these guys deserve to be in that discussion of like, these are some of the greatest players to ever play basketball. People just don't want to, they don't want to be responsible for that, for basically anointing somebody into that group, I think. And I think, so they need like the, the amount of confirmation that people need to do that is so high mm-hmm. that I don't think Jokic can reach it unless he starts doing 30, 11 and 10 and the Nuggets win 57 games. I think maybe my favorite bet right now would be Kevin Durant at 16 to one. Oh, and wow. it's, it's kind of, yeah, I'm just talking value here. I, I think uh, it's yeah. a much different argument than it's been in years past for Durant. You know, he was, he was kind of in MVP jail when he was with the Warriors. He was just, <laughs> we decided that he wasn't allowed to win it. And I agree with that. Uh, and, you know, I, I think in years past, he's kind of, it, it's been a combination of injuries and just people kind of turning on Durant and the way that he handled everything with, with how the Nets roster has been built. I, I think he kind of took himself out of the race in a different way, but we haven't heard a peep from the Brooklyn Nets in like over a month. Everything's actually going pretty well. They're 19 and 12. 
they're like three games out of the number one seed all of a sudden in the East. So everything's kind of been flipped on its head. Like I, I think, I think the nobody is talking about us narrative is, is kind of now what could propel Kevin Durant. And people are going to look up in a month and say, all we've been talking about is Tatum versus Giannis versus Jokic versus Doncic. Like, why is nobody talking about Kevin Durant? And I, I think there's going to be this late season KD push because his numbers have been as good as anybody's. And as long as he stays healthy and as long as the Nets are in that top five conversation in the East, I, I think it could strangely go from Kevin Durant is poisoning the Nets. You know, the, they're not going to win anything to wait. Has KD single-handedly dragged the Nets back into title contention? I do love the idea of KD winning MVP when he did a whole article and Bleacher Report from Chris Haynes, where he called out his teammates by name and being like, you expect me to win with these guys? So mean. Like, that was so mean. We talk about, like, people talk about, like, oh, LeBron, like, iced out his teammates. Did LeBron ever, like, say, like, you can't expect me to play with these guys? Um, but, yeah, if you compare, I mean, if you compare what Kevin Durant is doing right now to his prime, I consider his prime, like, 2013-14 to 2016-17. The numbers are practically the same. Kevin Durant has, from from that point to now, has essentially not gotten much worse. And the numbers are pretty similar. But again, I think that sort of, you mentioned he was an MVP jail while he was with the Warriors. And now I think all of this drama surrounding the Nets has put him, I don't know if he's in jail. He's in like house arrest right now. Like he's not, <laughs> he's, he's, not, he's, he's an MVP. House. Yeah, he's an MVP house arrest. Um, He's not quite in prison, but... <laughs> again i i think it would take the nets being like the two seed yeah that's sort of my opinion and they could get there right there are three losses behind the celtics right yeah. now who are the two seed that's what i think it okay. would take okay yeah i i think he's he's like out on good behavior right now yes. and he's still you know still has to meet with this probation officer still has some boxes to check uh but no i think that's a good way to put it and look you're right like it, it, it with the NBA just being loaded with all-time players right now, like you do, you need to have an all-time crazy good season to win MVP. Like it's not, it's not a knock on like KD or Devin Booker or John Morant or Joel Embiid or whoever. It's like somebody who's having like one of the best seasons ever is going to finish fifth in MVP voting because <laughs> yeah. four other guys had all-time seasons. Like it's, it is what it is. Like you, you have to be the best of the best of the best right now to win MVP. Yeah. If we're just talking, I mean, if you sort of made me rank who I think is actually having the best seasons right now, it would be like Jokic one and then Durant two. Yeah. And then I, I think don't know who fair. goes after that. I don't know who goes after that, but that's, that's how I feel. Right. And think about the season that Tatum and, you know, Giannis and, course, Embiid Giannis, and those guys are having. And it's like, yeah. And, and they're like, yeah, I don't know. Maybe he's like the third or fourth best season. Yeah. And, and it's wild. It's absolutely wild. Uh, especially when you go and look back and I, I know the game has changed so much, but if you look back at like some of the numbers for MVPs, like the Steve Nash MVPs, the Kobe MVP, the Derrick Rose MVP. It's like, I mean, th those would be like slightly above average seasons for some guys now. Do you, okay. So we talk a lot about like, yeah, how, how stacked the league is now compared to how it used to be, how the game is different, all that stuff. Like you mentioned, do you feel like it's because of that? It's now becoming more difficult to sort of discern who is actually great and who is just like a really good player. Like, you know, I, I've been hearing a lot of discussion about, I mean, you always do, John Moran, right? People sort of trying to anoint him uh, the sort of next guy, right? Um, I don't know if I'm there yet with John. Like, I think there's just a chance he's like really, really damn good and yeah. is going to be a Hall of Famer and has a chance of making a first-team All-NBA. 
Um, maybe it's probably the 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 odds on favorite for having the next dunk of the century, right? Yep. But do you feel like do you, do you get what I'm saying? Do you think it's harder to sort of discern those guys from the truly great players now? Uh, I, I think I think it can be. Yeah, I I think I think the the closer you watch, the more obvious it becomes, and I, I think the the end results ultimately tell you a lot, right? I mean, I, I think John John Moran. It's funny. I was watching that Grizzlies game last night they were playing the nuggets um and you know i i was kind of thinking about like morant's place in the league and it's like he i i mean like again the numbers are like pretty unassailable but there's just there's just something a little off i guess it's like it's it's very iverson like i think where you know like it you like i have no bad things to say about john morant and yet if you were asking me like how many guys i would take over him if i was like trying to win the title it would probably be a way longer list than it should be yeah um, so yeah, it's, it's, I mean, part of it is just being a small lanky guard. I think that's, that's just, you know, the very few guys have been able to kind of be the man and, and get to the mountaintop with, with that type of game, that type of body. Um, but yeah, I mean, Jaza, he's a really interesting case, a super, super interesting case, because like you said, the numbers are awesome, but there is, there's just something kind of missing. And I don't know. I think you could say that about Trey young. I think it was yeah. a lot of the same questions people had about James Harden, you know, four or five years ago. It's like, maybe it's just more of a, a guard thing than anything else. Maybe and this 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 wasn't like to to give off some like weird feelings about John Morant. There's tons of guys who fit this bill. Like I think Devin Booker might be in this category. Maybe Donovan Mitchell's in this category. Yeah. Um. There are plenty of other guys who who are sort of there. Um. But I I sort of think like the talent level is crazy. But relatively speaking, compared to the top guys, I don't know. There's just something I I I just have an immediate thought on. But I think I think your point is is pretty good. Yeah. Well, it's tough when the guys you need to get through are seven, one, two seventy. you know, it's like, it's, it's just hard when you're like, okay, well, I think I'll take that guy over the six, two guard who could jump out of the gym. Um, it, it's, and it's, you know, more of those, you know, not Giannis types, I guess, but, uh, just kind of freak athlete bodies are entering the league every year. It's like when Banyama feels like it's going to kind of reset everything and got, you know, all of a sudden like guys who we used to consider, you know, tall athletic players. It's like, think of like how athletic like Jeff green was back in the day. And he, he actually had a massive yes. dunk in that, that nuggets game last night. It's like, yeah, that's not even like impressive to me anymore. Now that we've, we've seen Giannis and bowl bowl and, uh, and Wembenyama. it's, it's just, it's wild how the, the athleticism market continues to be reset. Yeah. And even some of those bigger guys, like we talked about AD, maybe having the biggest best season of his career. Right. And yeah. Uh, putting up MVP caliber seasons. He's a guy too, where, you start like racking up the historical stuff, the accolades, the stuff that makes you like truly emerge as one of the greatest players ever. I mean, he, he made the NBA 75th anniversary team. I not sure he should have, but um, he's only made, he's only a four time all NBA guy. There are a ton. Yeah. And they were, they were all first team. Like, I'm not trying to, I don't want to like create a narrative. They were all first team, all NBAs, but there are tons of guys in the NBA who have made four five, six all NBA players and are just, sort of known as just, Hey, this guy was really good. Yeah, no, it's tough. It really is tough. I, I think, you know, marketability helps too. It's like, it, you feel like, you know, more players, more players are big names than ever. That's true. Um, yeah. So it, it, it historically, it's going to be really interesting. Yeah. Like how many of these guys, like, are we going to have seven players entering the hall of fame every year, you know, 10 years from now, because it feels yeah. like every team has, every team has a guy that you could be like, yeah, he might be on a hall of fame trajectory. Who knows? Um, and some, you know, some teams have two or three. So uh, interesting questions for sure. We'll, we'll dig more into that uh, on a future episode, but uh, we got to run. Uh, this has been fun, you know, breaking down the Christmas games. We hope everyone uh, has a happy holiday. Uh, you'll still be recording an episode on Thursday morning. Uh, so we'll get that out plenty 
of Rotowire fantasy basketball content to consume over the holiday. And Alex, you and I uh, will regroup next week. We'll, we'll recap Christmas and I guess start to look ahead to, to the all-star break and the trade deadline. The headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine, stop noticing, but you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour three-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com.